This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to College Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Max Cohen and Yanis Janais. This is our post-match show of the 2-0 loss for Fulham against Chelsea on Sunday. We have a lot to get through in this post-match show, but before I do anything, I always have to welcome my co-host back to the show. First, Mr. Cohen, it's been less than 24 hours. How are you doing? You know, as always, I'm feeling a little bit better, you know, with more time to reflect. But I actually have a very interesting theory I'm going to tell you guys all about uh, just at the end of the show about who might be the real reason behind Fulham's recent uh, uptick in performances. Huh. Well, I look forward to that. Definitely look forward to that, my friend. Mr. Janaeus, how are you doing? It's been a few weeks. Thank you for coming back on, my friend. I know that you wanted to come on, so I'm glad oh, that you could oh, join us today. Oh, yeah. Um, last week I was in New York for, for a weekend and it was wet and bloody cold. But I got myself a job with the Republic of Ireland, so I'm a happy man. I had to speak to Mr. Keane last week. He told me to F off, but, you know, some some rivalries, they just don't live too long. You know what? It, it's funny. Um, I was really I was really pleased with, with the effort yesterday. It was, um, we knew it was going to be a tough game. No, next Yes, time. of course. Terry's done a great job with them. But having said that, I thought we gave a really good account of ourselves. And, and you know, with Leicester coming up this week, I, I believe there was lots to be cheerful about, and um, and even better, of course, our little friend Mr. Hughes, Mr. <laughs> Ambition, lost his job this morning at Southampton. So cue cue the um, cue the um, what you call it? Cue um, the old um, oh my god, I'm losing it. I'm Alan Pardew, Sam Allardyce, re, uh, David Moyes retreads, yeah, coming out of the graveyards. Listen, I saw the news earlier that Mr. Ambition lost his job, and I was thinking about maybe we should call this show Happy Mark Hughes Lost His Job Day, but I thought that was kind of cruel. So, But I just said it now, so there you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good stuff, my friend. Listen, before the match, you know, it's funny. The way I was looking at this match, I said this on the preview show and, and said it also on the full-time show, is that I was looking at this match as one 
to see a performance from Fulham Football Club. And I wasn't expecting a result, any points whatsoever from Fulham. So that's the way I was looking at it. And I was very happy with the performance. And I thought there were some very good encouraging signs. Is that how you were looking at it? Giannis, before the match, or, or were you thinking that maybe we could get something from this? What was the biggest part of going into the match for you? Was it the performance, or, or did you think maybe, hey, we can get something out of this? Performance. I didn't think we were going to get anything out of them. Uh, they've been playing well this year. And, you know, we've just got a new manager in, so he's only been in for a couple of weeks. He's only had so many practices, so they can get some sort of shape together. So he made a couple of decisions, you know, to, to for me to give, um, to give an opportunity for other players to, you know, see what they can do, and and uh, while assessing the squad in terms of the transfer window that's coming up in what about a month's time, I thought if we could put in a good performance and, and, and look better organised than we did against Southampton, um, I thought that would be what he's, he's looking to do. Because let's be honest, for us to stay up, we're going to have to really tighten things at the back, and that's where we've been very leaky. And um, he would have been realistic enough to know that that it would have been a very a difficult challenge to get anything off Chelsea, but we did put an effort in. We, I think the, the key here is that at the end of 90 minutes, Chelsea knew they were in a game. And uh, Ranieri's record, really, at any, every club he's been at, even Nantes last year where he didn't have such so good a season, is that they, they, you know, teams become blue-collar teams and they, they try and outwork you. And uh, I thought, on the whole, I thought we did a very good job of that. And um, if that was the objective of yesterday's game, then I thought it was objective achieved. Okay, excellent there. Max, over to you. Uh, I'm going to read some quotes to you from Claudio Ranieri. It's on the manager reaction on, on FulhamFC.com. You can definitely see these. And uh, I find them interesting. I'm going to read the first part to you, and then I'll read a, another part to Giannis to, uh, because there are some very good talking points from his quotes here. This is what I'm going to read to you. Here we go. Quote, I'm satisfied, not with the result, of course, but with the way we reacted and played. It's strange to say, but I think we played much better today than against Southampton, and we have to continue in this way. The players need to understand my philosophy better because I like to play very fast. Today, we made good decisions in a very short period of time. I think it was a good match. At the beginning, we gave them a good present when we lost the ball and they scored on the counterattack, but we reacted well. I told our players before the match that we can win or lose, but I want us to play with our philosophy, unquote. Okay, Max, I want to get your thoughts on what Claudio said after the match, this part of his uh, miniature reaction. What are your thoughts on what he shared there? You sure that wasn't uh, Slavisa's post-match presser? <laughs> that, that was so weird. That last sentence he read about the philosophy, I feel that could have been read in any other post-match press conference um, just a couple months ago. That that was that, that was a little odd. That that line about the philosophy—it's going to be major flashbacks for us. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's a—I think it's a point I actually disagree with. I think we've had too many performances this season, and it's not about performances anymore. It's about results. Now, I think listen, Chelsea away—a completely different story. But at some point, we have to stop kind of patting ourselves on the back for good performances and start saying we need to get points. And we have a frustrating. A tendency to concede goals just like the, the worst possible times. And Ranieri referred to it as a present um, in, in those comments, and I agree. I think if we don't concede in those first five minutes, it's just a completely different match, and that performance probably deserved more than what we got marginally. Um, so, so it's frustrating. I think 
we need to start uh, getting, I mean, I think the Southampton match is probably a good example of that, how we got lucky. We got the breaks that we hadn't been getting earlier on in the season. And, you know, at Stanford Bridge, it's going to be a tough place to get those breaks. But certainly in the Leicester match, we need, we need to win. And it doesn't matter about the performance. All that matters is the result for me um, because those home matches are going to be crucial. Uh, so, I, I, listen, I like what Ranieri is saying about playing fast. I think that's definitely a big departure from the more possession-based, um, laborious style, some could say, that's Lisa's at, at its worst. Um, so that's encouraging to look forward to. And I do think we made those sharp decisions against Chelsea. But I, I'd, I'd say to Ranieri, you know, ditch the line about the philosophy. You know, we've already heard that. You know, we, we just want results now. I understand that. And uh, obviously the upcoming match is huge, Max. But I just find it interesting that he was really trying to emphasize the philosophy. You know, and, and listen, we've seen some of the one-two touch passing, playing fast. It's what he wants to see. And I think we saw an improvement. The one thing that I got out of it is that he believes that Fulham played better against uh, Chelsea than they did Southampton, Max. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's probably true. I think Southampton, you know, are one of the worst teams in the league, and we really marginally beat them and let them play a lot more. Then we let Chelsea play. We were we really subdued Chelsea's attack. I mean, this is a this is a quality team. I mean, Eden Hazard, people can debate, but he's one of the top three, top five attackers in the Premier League. And Guys, he didn't do anything, honestly. Cyrus Christie, of all people, basically had him in check he all did. match, which is, which is a remarkable feat. And you know, I give credit to Callum Chambers as well for his broke-up play a lot of times in the, in the midfield. He's my man of the match. I think like, he was a lot of people in man of the match as well. Um, we, 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 did, we did well in our defensive shape, and I think that's a big takeaway from this match. Okay, excellent there, my friend. All right, Giannis, back over to you. I have some more quotes. These actually come from London. And uh, they talk about the change that Ranieri made formation-wise and the substitutions that he made from the first half into the second half that I think changed how Fulham played, and, and we saw a better performance in the second half. I want your thoughts on what I'm about to share here. These are more quotes from Claudio Ranieri. Like I said, they come from London. This is what Claudio said. Quote, we played so-so in the first half. I tried to play with a diamond to close the central midfield for the Chelsea players, but Chelsea wanted to play the ball to Hazard, Giroud, Pedro, and then from their attack, the space, or make one, two straight away, and for this reason, I play with a diamond. When you concede a goal from the beginning, it's difficult. I changed the diamond at halftime and played with two wingers to make some problems to them, and I think it was a good choice. All right, Giannis. Over to you. I, I want your thoughts about the tactical change with uh, Claudio Ranieri that I think changed the match. I know we did not get anything out of it, but I yep. saw a much better second-half performance, and I think what he did, even though one of the changes, one was a, a Bubakar Kamara, I know how you feel about Florida but I think having them on and changing the system to a 4-2-3-1 from the diamond helped. Yeah, I agree. I thought um, we our shape was a little bit better in the second half. Um, we got more of the possession. We created more chances. I think the one thing that would have irritated um, Claudio and probably irritated the, the lot of us is to concede so early because oh. you spend the whole weekend practicing and getting ready and doing the walk through the game, you know, the day before. And then to, to concede so early is just an absolute killer. Um, and it's happened in a few games this, this year. And I think that um, when he gets back to Motspur Park today, one of the first things he will be saying is, that cannot happen, it's unacceptable. 
you know, we've spent all that time and then we fall asleep with the first goal. And it's not good enough because you're not going to win games playing catch-up, especially against top six teams. Having said that, I thought second half we, we, we attacked with a lot more purpose. We gave them some problems. I have to say, just as on a separate note, I thought our fans were absolutely magnificent yesterday. And they showed that um, the fans are up for the fight. And the players showed they're up for the fight as well. It's going to take a few games for Claudia to get what he thinks is his optimum starting 11 with everybody available. And I'm sure he started, already started to earmarking potential uh, signings. But he'll have been pleased with the tactical change he made at half-time and the fact that the second half we looked a, a lot better organised and a lot more dangerous and, and certainly gave um, Chelsea a little bit more to think about. Absolutely, Giannis. And, and listen, not that Savisa didn't make second-half substitutions and changes. He did. But I like the fact that he was willing to do this, that he, again, Claudio, decided this isn't working, we need to change things up. But he had a game plan, and he was not afraid to change his game plan, Giannis. I think that's important with any manager that isn't pig-headed so much that, he's, you know, this is my way, we're not going to change anything. He was willing to do that, and it actually, I think, changed the way the second half went. Yeah, agreed. Good coaches good coaches make adjustments. I think that's yeah. what makes a huge difference. And um, and this is no disrespect to Slavisha. Um, I mean, I'm going to go back a little further. Part of the problem that Slavisha will have had is I believe he didn't have a lot of faith in a lot of the signings. You've got to have players that you've got faith in that can go out there and do a job. And one of, I'm sure, Claudio's shocks will be the players that have been brought in where he'll say, you know, I'm not sure, really sure how, you know, how they're here in the first place. And I'm sure, as I said earlier, he'll have earmarked signings that he wants. We're definitely short a striker, for an, for an example. Absolutely. Um, and um, but remember, it, you know, for every game that you don't concede a goal, you don't you don't lose it, lose a game. So um, he would be very he would have been very irritated with that first goal, but he'd been very pleased he'd be very pleased with the way we rebounded. Leicester is a big game, and I'm expecting a really uh, not just a good crowd, but a really good response against the Leicester side. Um, who um, are playing decent at the moment. They've certainly got some danger there. But um, it'll be a big, big game for Claudio, obviously. He'll want to get his uh, his revenge uh, against uh, Leicester, for sure. And um, I'm expecting I'm expecting a good effort on Wednesday. But as you say, that you know, some good stuff to come out of the changes and yes. at least it showed the players were adaptable. Absolutely. Very good there, my friend. All right, let's go to the starting 11 and, and the... 18 overall, Giannis, I'll go to you, and then I'll go to Max. We can do this fairly quickly. Thoughts on the starting 11? Uh, the one big thing that I noticed, obviously, was Andre Sherwin not being involved at all, and there were reports right before the match that he, he was dealing with a slight injury, so hopefully he'll be okay for the Leicester match. Let me ask you twofold. First, thoughts on the starting 11, and also, do you think it changed – how he was going to play, not having Sherwood. Do you think that he might have changed things at the last minute? Yeah, A, yes, and B, B the question mark about Vieto as well. Yes. You know, um, when I looked at that lineup, I thought, well, okay. But then I thought, okay, well, obviously, K-Mac isn't available, but you've got Johansson in there. And then, you know, and Johansson struggled, let's be honest, has struggled this year. And um, the bench didn't exactly uh, – I know Brian is obviously available – um, but the bench didn't exactly inspire. Um, I was I was delighted to see that Ibrahim Cisse was on the bench, but it doesn't give a lot of you know 
grounds for great optimism. You can see that we're, we're, we're a few players short for sure um, in, in terms of quality. Um, but it's maybe as good a lineup as you could have had out. I mean, Sheryl, I think, would have given them some trouble for sure. Vieto, I, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that he'll play against Leicester City on Wednesday night. And, and Chelsea have, let's be honest, Chelsea have quality all over the park. Yes. You know, when you can go, you can bring players like Morata and, you know, Zappa and, and Loftus-Cheek off the bench, you know, and, and, and Fabregas and William don't get even get off the bench. Then you've got a lot of quality there. Absolutely. Having said that, um, I thought, you know, I, I thought, our, our, you know, the, the lineup was, was decent and you had to reward the players that play well against Southampton. And you're right, what you said, you know, it, I thought we did play better yesterday than we did against Southampton. And all you can do is improve in increments. That's right. And, um, it, 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 you know, you improve with every performance. And, you know, if, you, if we improve on this performance on Wednesday night, we'll beat Leicester. I totally agree with that. Listen, Rome wasn't built in a day. That's an old phrase. But it really is true here. It's starting over. You have these players, uh, again, have to adapt to a new style under Ranieri. It's going to take time. And what I want to see right now is improvement. And I've seen improvement from game one to game two. Max, your thoughts on the uh, starting 11? Yeah, I think the starting 11 uh, is kind of come back to my point about who actually started this full revival. You know, I, I like I, I don't like the the diamond, but when he changed the four two three one in the second half, that was the most effective. And that four two three one system with Callum Chambers in center defensive midfield, with a center back pairing of Adore and Boston, with Le Marchand on the left and Christie on the right, that was all started by Salisa in his final match in charge. Yeah. That tuna loss since Liverpool. And I think that actually was where the revival might have started. And Ranieri has kept has kept that for the large part. And when he's changed it, the first half against Chelsea, we've seen not the best performance. But when he reverted back to it in the second half, that's why I think Fulham played the best football. So it's a really interesting uh, point for me is that those big gambles, I don't think anyone expected to see Chambers in center midfield. I don't think anyone expected to see Adoy and Lawson as our first choice center back pair. And I don't think anyone expects to see Cyrus Christie back at right back. But Salisa made those gambles in his last match. And Ranieri's carried them on, and they've worked to great effect. Okay, excellent there. All right, guys, let's now get into the first half. We'll go back and forth with some key moments, get your thoughts on it. And let's start by saying Fulham actually came out on the front foot, started the match well. That's what's so Again, disconcerting about when the goal happened so early on because I thought, I thought Fulham came out with the right emotion, the right intent, and uh, it looked like they came to play, which is great to see. Unfortunately, we have to then go to the goal in the fourth minute by Pedro. And this, again, starts with, I guess you could say, a mistake by Sarri. Conte takes advantage of it, gets it to Pedro, and Pedro eventually scores. Giannis, I want you to walk us through this whole scenario for the goal. And uh, I want to ask you this, because the pass that got to Sarri, I believe, was from Dennis Adoy. Do you put any blame on him in this whole situation, or is this more to do with Sarri? No, I'm going to put some blame on Adoy here. Um, okay. I, I, I do. I, I thought it was a little bit of a hospital ball. And, I, and I'm feeling a little bit sorry for Sarri right now. He's, uh, Sarri's out. But he's like he's in a boxing ring. He's just been give, delivered an uppercut. He looks he looks lost and lost and out for the out for the count and sort of, devoid of confidence, which is a shame because I think he's a very skillful player. Um, but, it, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not a good pass. He's obviously been stripped of the ball. Kante uh, is as quick as, you know, it can be as quick as lightning. Pedro is, is stuck in the back of the net. It's a tough way to start. 
but I've always, you know, I think Adoy's got to be smarter than that as well. Yep. I think in the, I think in the early, early, the early going, uh, I'm sure that Ranieri would have said, look, let's see if we can involve the fullbacks as, as much as possible from the centre, especially let's get Cyrus going, let's get Maxime going, instead of trying to play it through the middle. Because if you look at a number of the goals this year, we seem to have been torched down the middle. We're getting, we're getting beaten up, and you know, let's get it wide. And then, of course, the, the, just the the mathematical premise of getting the ball wide means it's away from the goal anyway. It's common sense. <clears throat> and when you can see the goal that early, you really put yourself behind the eight ball. I was really annoyed with that goal. You know, yes. it was it just one of those where they'd just been doing flips and, and headbutts on the sides. Like, oh, what are we doing? Having said that, um, the key to any team um, that goes behind the eight ball is um, resilience. And I think yes. we showed that. I think we showed that, and um, I thought we reacted well to that, and I thought that was important because um, many, I think a few weeks ago, um, that early goal could have been a prelude to a stuffing. Totally. That's a great point. Yeah, so I'm glad that you brought it up that way. And, Max, I want to go to you. I want to talk a little bit about this to you. We talked about this on full time, and uh, we didn't mention the pass by Adoy, and uh, watching it back, I – should have said it at the time because that was a not a good pass that set up the whole situation. We, we can talk about Sari, but I think we should also mention, obviously, the pass from Adoy and the overall play. So I want your thoughts on the entire situation and also what Giannis just said, the resilience, because he's totally right here. Normally you would expect, unfortunately, this season for heads to drop and then foam basically to get destroyed. And that's not what happened here. They showed, as Yana said, resilience. Yeah, um, I think that's a fair point. But just to address the, the Adore thing, I'm, I'm glad you guys brought that up because I think it plays a role. You know, she's played the ball to Sari in an uncomfortable position with defenders closing down on him. But if you're Jean-Michel Sari and we've paid, you know, 25, 29 million pounds for you, you're heralded as one of the best central midfielders uh, in Europe. Barcelona wanted you, Chelsea wanted you, Arsenal wanted you, Liverpool wanted you. You have to have some semblance of awareness in the pitch. You get the ball with your back to goal. You don't take a touch. You, 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 look, you look behind you before the ball's played. You know N'Golo Conte, the best pressing defensive midfielder in the world, is going to be on your back. You don't take a touch. You either play it first time back to Doy, play it back to Rico, or you try to kick it out wide. Why is he dallying on the ball there? I think you can talk about Adoy, but you cannot put any blame on him because it's not a great pass, to be fair. But all that is on Sarri. Because he's given away the ball. He has no awareness. He has to, he has to know how to play in those positions. Not every single ball you're going to get with your back, back to goal and your own defensive half is going to be perfectly played. You're going to be under pressure. To take that touch, you're so poor. And for me, it's, it's not only that one situation. This is going to be my little Sarri rant, if you guys will indulge me for a bit. <laughs> but this is kind of indicative of his entire you know, first couple months at Fulham. He's not bothered. You know, he's coming here with his reputation, and he doesn't want to do the, the little things right. He thinks he can take that touch to the back to goal. He doesn't bother to look behind him. He doesn't bother to play quick. He thinks this is England. I can play like it's legal. I can do whatever I want here. And it, it, it just not work for him. And the entire match, he was off the pace uh, the, the, enti- the entire match. And I really can't wait until Anguisa is back. I, I really think he will replace Sarah in the starting lineup. Okay. Giannis, your thoughts on what Max just shared. And uh, it's interesting because we can all talk about this. His awareness in certain situations, it isn't where it needs to be. No. Does this have to do with playing in league on, or does this have to do with just 
he needs to, in general, be more aware of his surroundings and, and know the players around him, someone like Conte. Your thoughts on what Max just shared there? Yeah, um, he's, you know, how long does it take to adjust to the Premier League? It's, it's, it's I think, that the quickest league in the, in the world, to be honest. And um, I think his skill is undoubted, but he's just lacking confidence right now. In the same way as a few weeks ago, we were, I think we were all jumping all over Callum Chambers. Um, yes. All of a sudden, he seems, you know, with a change of manager, he seems to have turned it around. And um, it's the same sort of thing with, with Seri. He's going to need some time. Um, I think he's a quality player. Um, but he's struggling right now. And unfortunately, whether rightly or wrongly, uh, fans are going to point fingers because of the price tag. But to, yeah. to be fair to him, he's totally not right the one who that. paid them. Yeah, and he's, and he's not the one that's paid it. You know, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not his fault. He can, all he can do is go out and play. And uh, I think that um, it's tough on him, um, but I think that once, he, once uh, Claudio sorts out the system, I think he'll be a central part of that because he's a good passer, a very accurate passer of the ball. And um, he's struggling right now for form. And, and Claudio's a good man-manager and motivator, so yep. I'm sure he'll take him on the side and, you know, and say, look, just, just go out and play your game and, and, and stop putting pressure on yourself. He looked very, he's playing very tight right now, and you can see in that way he's struggling. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, let's talk about the end of the first half. I'll just mention a couple other key moments here in the 16th minute. You have the shot by Calum Chambers. He actually was uh, active uh, attacking and, uh, and did a nice job, and he's my man of the match. We'll talk about that in, in a little bit there. And then uh, in the 24th minute, you do have the – saved by Rico on a shot by Giroud. But let's just get your, I want to hear from both of you, just your overall view of the first half and how were you feeling after the first half? Giannis, to you first. I was relatively pleased. I mean, I was still irritated by that, 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 that opening goal. But I thought we'd, I thought we did a good job of closing them down and I, and I really thought we, we, we showed up. And, and, and the fans, the fans were a massive, massive part of that. I thought they really buoyed us on. Yes, and uh, we were in the game. I mean, that's all you can ask. I mean, you know, sometimes you know you get promoted, and what's one of the reasons you want to get promoted? It's because of games like that. You know, you're probably not going to win, but it's actually competing. And I thought we competed. I really did. I, I mean, if we'd shown a third as much fight um, up at you know when we played Huddersfield, we'd have beaten them up. But um, you know, um, they will be they will be happy after yesterday's, and they won't be happy necessarily about the result, but happy with the performance. And Claudio will be too. He'll probably tell them it's going to it's going to be baby steps. It'll take a little bit of time. But but once that we once we've um, um, once we've you know once we've started to settle and get more players, and I think we're going to be we're going to be fine. Okay, excellent. Max, over to you. Just your overall view of the first half. I'll just share mine real quick. Again, to be able to rebound from giving up that early goal and to show some resilience, as Giannis mentioned earlier, I think is very important. It could have easily been 2-3-0 going into the second half, and that would have been very difficult to overcome. But that's not what happened. They've finished up the half again just to get through to that first half, only been down 1-0, I, I think was uh, an accomplishment in some ways. And they were in the match, and that's something that Janusz just mentioned. Your thoughts? Exactly. Yeah, we stayed in the match, and you know we just really weathered the storm. It's towards the end of that first half. They were really knocking on the door. We had to stand strong. And I think you're right, a different Fulham team would have shipped a couple of goals in that first yeah. So we're, we're lucky. We, we just held, held firm. And when you go into halftime down one exactly as you guys said, you're still in it. You're still in it with a chance. 
And we saw it's just one of those chances in the second half had just broken our way a fraction to the side. We would have been on level terms. It could have been a very different match we're talking about now. Okay, excellent. All right, let's uh, transition to the second half. And Max, you and I talked about this on full time. And just to bring it up one more time, as we I talked about it at the beginning of the show, talking about the comments from Claudio Ranieri, you have the change bring on Florida and and Abubakar Kamara and Stefan Johansson, Ryan Sessignon go off. And the formation changes to a 4-2-3-1. And um, let's just talk about opening stages of the second half, Max. You do have the shot by Pedro and saved by Rico. And, and, and then we'll, we'll go a little bit further in about 10 minutes in when you have the uh, shot by Chambers. But before that, what did you notice with the change? Because I just saw Fulham looking much more difficult to play against from the get-go of the second half. Yeah, I, I think when you play those kind of two more assessed midfielders, uh, which was, you know, Sarri and Chambers, you're going to be more difficult to break down. And also, we had much more of an outlet out wide. I think with, when, with a Ranieri team, you always associate him with wide play, pacey wingers, and direct play down the wings. And when you play that diamond system, it really hampers us, you know? Sessignon is not really meant to be playing that central, and we saw he struggled immensely in that first half because he's been asked to do a job he doesn't do very well. That, that's, that's not his position. So when we went to that 4 one naturally, I think we had more of an attacking threat. I thought Kamara was excellent. I, I love that decision to bring him on at halftime because, you know, he bullied Marcus Alonso off the pitch. I remember one instance, he literally shoved him onto the, the advertising hoardings. Alonso actually had to be substituted off a couple minutes later. They switched over Aspilicueta um, to, to the left back to deal with him and put on Zappa Costa. And all of that, I think, was a result of how well Kamara did in yeah. those opening minutes of the second half. Um, you know, we can talk about Ete all we want. I'd love to talk about Florida Ete. <laughs> but I, I do think that I'm going to have to disagree with that substitution. I think you change your formation, put on Kamara, um, but keep Sessignon. Keep Sessignon in that last wing position. You know, I, I can't really think of anything Ete did during the match. Um, and I would have le- loved to see Sess play in a more comfortable position for him in that second half. Um, and then maybe bring on these skins lit later on and play him, you know, maybe up top or uh, central attack midfield. But I, I don't know why we sacrificed Sess so early um, when he wasn't really being played in a position that was fair to him. Okay. Very good there, my friend. All right. Yanis, I'll give you the honors of the opportunity for Fulham in the 54th minute. This is uh, off of a corner. Callum Chambers had a very good opportunity to score. And one thing that I noticed about him is uh, he's very active on these corners. And it's good to see someone that is active because I think this has been a problem for Fulham for a long time, how we handle our corners. And uh, I got to say, I thought Chambers did well here, even though he didn't score. Yeah, I thought he did very well. And I I, I got the feeling, Russ, that if if we managed to nick one back, we could actually nick it. I thought I thought our endeavour in the uh, the end of the first half and the start of the second meant yeah. we deserved a, we deserved a way back um, into the game. I mean, when you're at the bottom, little goes right for you. You know, it it, it, it is what it is. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't a B. Um, but Chambers, you know what? It's it's funny because Chambers <clears throat> Chambers has been excellent. <clears throat> excuse me, Chambers has been excellent, and uh, he's starting to show the promise that uh, Arsenal have wanted to see from him, and uh, we thought we were going to sign. Um, obviously, the defensive um, defensive central midfield um, position seems to suit him well, and now it, it gives Claudia something to to work with. And if we can get you know if we can get um, Sherla back in the lineup, Vieto, and I really 
would like to see Vietto back. With the, with the greatest of respect to all those wonderful Floyd Aite fans, um, I'd rather I'd rather have Vietto back. Um, then we've got a little bit more punch up front, and uh, having that blanket in front of the back four that Callum provides, I think, is is very important. I agree, and he's only getting better each time he uh, plays in that role, and uh, it's good to see. All right, over to you, Max. Let's now go a little bit further on, and in the 65th minute, you have another opportunity by Chambers that's saved by Keppa. Again, it's so strange to be talking about Calum Chambers being the person who's uh, making all these uh, opportunities for Fulham, but he did, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. And then in the 73rd minute, you have another save by Rico on, on a hazard shot, and that's followed up by Murata shot that goes over, thankfully. Then uh, two minutes later, you have the substitution. Cabano comes on for Kearney. And unfortunately, about seven minutes later, you have Loftus-Cheek coming on for Chelsea. I think that made a difference because just a couple minutes later, he gets uh, the second goal, Max, and that's where I want to stop. I want to get your thoughts on the goal that put the match out of reach. Yeah, it's it's an odd one because it, it's not necessarily a dangerous situation to begin with. It looks as if we have many men back and we're kind of in a good defensive shape. It all just kind of goes pear-shaped when we all kind of get sucked in towards the ball. And Loftus-Cheek, without really having to do anything special, just finds himself in a bunch of space uh, on the right. I think Lamarchand might have to be asked questions about his positioning there. I think he gets sucked in a bit too centrally. And, and it's a pretty simple finish for Loftus-Cheek. And, and it was a frustrating one because you kind of have a feeling as a full fan when you're attacking the game 1-0 down and then you see Chelsea attack, a thought just kind of creeps in. And, and, and I was like, oh, no, just just don't let them make it 2-0. Don't let them kill off the match. And yeah. as soon as that thought creeps in, you know it's too late. <laughs> and, and that's what happened. And it was a goal really at the worst time. It's, I mean, it's immensely frustrating because we just had those really good opportunities, as you mentioned. The Chambers' chances, both of them, I think, have a very good shot um, going in. Really good, great saves by Keppa. Um, but to get that goal 10 minutes ago and make it 2-0, that really was the icing on the cake for Chelsea. Um, it, was it came at the perfect time. Yeah, for them, definitely. And again, it's unfortunate because I would have liked to have seen what those final stages of the match would have been for Fulham only being down one goal. I think it could have been encouraging for them, even if they got nothing out of it. I, I think being in that situation, they they really could have gotten something out of it. And unfortunately, they get something out of a, a different situation being down 2-0. So Credit to Chelsea for scoring the second goal and putting the match out of reach at that point, but um, it's too bad because uh, I don't think the second goal really tells you how difficult the match this was for Chelsea. And listening to the announcers, listening to some commentary after this, this is what's shocking to me, Max. You would have thought that Chelsea won 5-0 here. Comfortable win. This wasn't a comfortable win for them, Max. This wasn't a walk in the park for them. Full made them work, Max. For sure, for sure. And, you know, credit to Fulham because even in the dying moments of the match, when you see a team up 2-0, you know it's going to be a win for them. Fulham still attacked. We had corners. We were positive. You know, you hate to see it when the Chelsea kind of pass around the ball in the closing moments. I think one, you know, of, one of the announcers even said heads dropped, and I didn't see that. No, yeah, no, that's – I mean, listen, we, we've, what we found this year in the Premier League, going away from Gentleman Jim, um, is that commentaries don't know what they're talking about, you know. They, they, no, they, they, don't they, know games. they go to their cliches. They don't know Fulham. And, you know, they know the big teams, and that's, and that's who their audience is, which is frustrating, but that's how it is. And we hate 
we hate hearing them drop these things because we know they're just not true, but they're not talking to us. They're talking to the larger audience, and that's regrettable. But heads did not drop. It was not a comfortable win, as you said, and we know that, and that's a fact, but, you know, they're not going to say it, and that's okay. Um, but at the end of the day, we, ha- we have to look at our own performance and, and uh, you know, distance from what, what, you know, the pundits will say or, or what the Chelsea fans will say or what the deluded, you know, <laughs> pundits as well will say. And we know that we went to Stamford Bridge, which is a tough place to go, where, you know, better teams have struggled. And we came out there with a very respectable result, a result that could have been a draw. And, you know, that's going to give us confidence. Okay, excellent there, Max. All right, let's take a look at the full-time stats and see what they tell us. Here they are. Let's start with possession. 66% to 34% in favor of Chelsea. Total shots, 16 to 9 in favor of Chelsea. On target, 9 to 4 in favor of Chelsea. Corners, 6 to 4 in favor of Fulham. Crosses, 18 to 14 in favor of Fulham. Tackles, 23 to 18 in favor of Fulham. Attempted passes, Max, this is telling. 725 to 360 in favor of Chelsea. Attacking passes, 273 to 144 in favor of Chelsea. Passing accuracy, almost 90%, 89% for Chelsea, 72% for Fulham. And fouls, 17 to 8 in favor of Fulham. All right, Max, what do you take out of those stats I just shared? I think the shots, you know, jump out to me. You know, we were outshot, but to get nine shots um, away from home. Is How about four on target? Four on target. I mean, that's decent. And, and no one can say we didn't have opportunities. We did have opportunities. Um, I think credit to the Chelsea keeper. He was excellent. And also, I think the corners. We made a good opportunity from a couple of the corners with Chambers, but too many of Sarri's corners, in my opinion, just hit the first man. And we need to take advantage of that uh, in the coming weeks because under Ranieri, I really can see that becoming a big part of our play, those kind of set pieces. And then finally, I think the passing accuracy is, gonna, is again going to stand out. You know, when we, have, when we go from kind of like the high 80s, mid 80s, low 70s consistently, it's going to be a shock. But really what I put it down to is we might have those easy passes from center back to center back in our own uh, defensive third. That could be what happened under Salisa. Here we're going to go more direct, try to go long, which passes are very, very low percentage passes usually going to be cut out, but might it result in a higher, uh, higher risk attacking opportunity if they come off. So I think that's what, what the main difference is down to. We're kind of sacrificing um, those kind of more patient build-up play for a more direct threat, and you know, that has its benefits and drawbacks, but that's what I'm going to put down, that really big drop in a passing percentage too. Let me ask you, the further they get into the philosophy of Ranieri, do you think those passing stats will go up? I'm talking about passing accuracy. Yeah. With a one-touch passing, the two-touch passing, do you think that's going to improve or do you think this is what it is? I mean, it's a tough one. I don't really see it improving that much just because I think these players are technically gifted. You know, I don't, I don't see them making big leaps and strides within their passing ability. I think they already have a really good benchmark. It's just a style at which they play is going to just facilitate that lower Keep that number passing down. percentage. So and I, and I don't think we should read too much into it, honestly. I think the results are a matter. Uh, obviously, it's nice to have a really high passing percentage, complete every pass, look nice while you're doing it. But if we're getting good, good, good quick goals like this audience in Southampton, yep. then I think I'm totally fine with a low passing percentage. Okay, my friend. All right, let's now go to man of the match. I actually put a poll on the Cars Talk Twitter page. Had a decent amount of votes, 186 votes. And um, the three candidates I put down were Calvin Chambers, Tom Kearney, and Cyrus Christie. 
I could have put Rico on there as well, but I went with Christy because I thought Christy had a good performance, so I wanted to include him. No, I either. <laughs> Very funny there, Matt. All right. Here are the results. Calum Chambers got 61%. Tom Kearney got 29%. And Christy got 10%. Those are the results of the poll. On top of that, on the Cottage Talk Facebook page, I also just asked who was your man of the match because I was just curious what fans thought here. And uh, I had a few comments. Again, I did this kind of late. Every single one says Callum Chambers. And uh, I'll just say Chris Davidson, Martin Hearn, Luke Mons, John Harkness, Alan Cox, Tim Webster, Dave Lewis. They all say Chambers. I say Chambers. Do you say Chambers? <laughs> and, I, and I say Chambers too. Make that uh, the three of us, you, me, and the fans. Yeah, I think he, he was a standout player. And, again, I think it's just remarkable to look back where he was just, you know, three, four weeks ago. He's coming off that terrible quarter performance. No one thought he'd ever play for Fulham again. I mean, I was here. I think everyone was scathing in their critique of him, and rightfully so. He's terrible in defense. But to come back, I think that's just amazing. You know, you're on loan in an unfamiliar place. You don't necessarily know if the manager has faith in you. You've done terribly in the back. And then just to reinvent yourself, to pick up your confidence and play in, I think, one of the most difficult roles in the team, center defensive midfield in a struggling uh, team towards the bottom of the table. That's a difficult role to do, and he's just risen to the task superbly. Um, and he's not someone you associate with a great touch or great skill. But again, look what he did in the penalty area against Chelsea in that second half. Look at the technique on that shot, the right-footed curler that Kepa saved. And look at the near post header that nearly went in. I mean, he's really doing it all, and I don't think anyone would have expected it uh, just a month ago. Okay, fantastic, my friend. How about Kearney and uh, also uh, we touched a little bit on Christy. Your thoughts on their performances? Christy shackled Ed Hazard, and he didn't do it in a pretty way. I think there are a lot of fouls given away. He's probably lucky to escape a booking. But Do you think he deserves mention here? Yeah, certainly. I think actually when you said it, I was surprised because no one, no one had been talking about him in, in the man of the match debate. Um, just kind of think of size Christie, we don't normally think of him as a good defender. But for what he did um, on the weekend against Ed Hazard, I thought that, that's worthy of praise, which, which is a fair play. And I think Karen, Karen did, did well in that first half. Some, he was really at the heart of every single attack we had, yep. basically. Some really positive attacking touches. Um, but, yeah, you know, with him, I think he's still coming back to full fitness, and that's why he was probably sacrificed early on just to protect him for midweek against Leicester. I still want to see him come back fully fit. I think he mentioned it in a, in a Twitter post afterwards. Yep. He's still recovering. So yeah. that's encouraging news. You know, the best is still yet to come from him. Absolutely. And uh, what's interesting is that I think that Ranieri has an idea to get the best out of Tom Kearney. I think that's important. And, and that's what I want to see. I want to see him get the best out of all these players. I think that's a, a good uh, indicator of uh, a manager's can he get the most out of his players. And I think uh, – we're just seeing the beginning stages of that, and hopefully he can. I'm encouraged that we will see the best out of these players, and I think Ranieri is going to play a factor in that, and that's going to lead me now to talk about him. Scale of 1 to 10, Max. Give him a rating. I'd say 6. I thought okay. you know, he's forced into an, uh, an unforced change you know, with Shirley being out, but I, I don't see why he necessarily had to go for the diamond. I don't like that formation. I don't think we did too well. I'm not right? a big fan of it. Not, exactly. I'm not a big fan. I think what he did with Sessignon was a little bit disappointing in terms of he just took him off after it wasn't working first half. But that's not really the right way to deal with him, in my opinion. But, you know, fair credit to Ranieri. I thought 
Our defensive shape in the second half was excellent. I love the substitutions of Aite, Kamara, and Cabano. Yeah. Listen, Nissan's Cabano, his Premier League Coming debut. Let's, let's, let's give him a credit for that because that is Absolutely. a massive step. I think I always rated him. I, it's always nice to see a new player making his debut. And I really think he can have a key role to play as a super sub. Um, in the coming weeks, because he is a player who can make an impact no matter what uh, level he's playing on. Okay, excellent. I would have said a seven, and the reason why I'll say a seven is that I think that there are managers that wouldn't have made the changes at second half. And they just said, you know what, this is my team. We're playing Chelsea. We're going to see this thing out. And um, like I mentioned, Savisa's made changes, so I want to give him credit when, when he's done that, and I'm going to give Ranieri credit too, because I think some managers won't. They'll say, this is who I am, this is who we are. I'm not changing anything, and uh, that's not this guy. He's willing to tinker, as he's known as the tinker man. And, uh, I have no issue with that, as long as it's not out of control tinkering. If it's uh, tinkering, you know, in a match where he thinks it's needed, I'm I'm all for that. So there you go on that. All right, Max, great show, fantastic show, my friend. Any final thoughts before we go? I thought you know just spare a thought for Lisa because I really think that what we're doing now. It's, it's, it's in such a large part to that Liverpool match, which is remarkable because yep. you know, I think a lot of people might have said, you know, he was already gone by that match. No matter what had happened in the match, he was going to be sacked. And he went out there and produced a brilliant tactical blueprint for Claudio Neri's time in charge, which is a laudable feat. Um, and, and, and it's one that's really going to serve us well in the coming months, I think, which is and it's, it's often overlooked. People aren't talking about that. So, you know, I was one calling for him to be sacked. I think it was the right decision. But, hey, what, what he did in that final match – is is still being felt uh, and, and it's still being used in a large part by Ranieri now. It's a great point. And you know how I feel about Savisa. I was against it. But this is the situation that we have. And if you have a manager that can take what you currently have and make it better, then you have yourself a good manager. Maybe it'll come down to when we look back at this in history, Savisa could only take us a, a certain level. And uh, maybe it's Ranieri who can take us to the next level. So, And I think that's obviously the reason why they made the decision. They wanted to go to a different level. And I understand it now. I was just uh, still, uh, I'm a big fan of Savisa's, and it will always uh, be a hard one for me. All right, let's wrap this up, my friend. For my co-host, Yana Shanez and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.